Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Ups and downs this week. On one hand, we have Daylight Savings has returned. Okay, truly one of the most fantastic things on God's green earth. On the other hand, I lost all my data in the Optus data breach. So, you know, take your pick. It's Ben and Jerry's. You can have more than one flavor. But, you know, there's a bit going on. There's a bit going on. Luckily, I haven't received the text that all of my data has been lost by Optus, a company I personally have been loyal to for over a decade. Thanks for not returning the favor, you corporate dogs. Okay? What I will say is that while I haven't received the text that all of my data has been breached, what I have received is multiple voicemails each day for the last week uh, from, I guess, people in China. Uh, how do I know they're in China? Well, the voicemails are in Mandarin, okay? So I'm not, I'm not alluding to some sort of a conspiracy that all these people are Chinese. I'm just saying that whoever they are, they speak fantastic Mandarin, okay? Take that as you will. But, you know, the good with the bad, et cetera, et cetera, because daylight savings is back and it is truly the greatest thing on the planet. Daylight savings marks the end of one of the two seasons on this great planet. Obviously, I'm talking about summer and winter, and there are only two seasons. I personally do not believe in spring or autumn, okay? Autumn is truly, and I mean this, autumn is a communist conspiracy designed to undermine the capitalist nature of professional sport. What's your favorite autumn sport? Oh, spring's coming up. The only thing to do spring is horse racing, and that doesn't count because it doesn't have a ball, okay? But apart from the spring racing carnival, there's summer and there's winter. Summer and winter, footy and cricket, yin and yang, as God intended. So I'm pumped up. I freaking love daylight savings, dude. Uh, Shock horror, one of the only states to not do it, Queensland, you know? I've just got back on board with that state literally a week ago. And then three days later, the nation goes into daylight savings. And Queensland says, nah, we're not going to do it. And then I thought about some of the people in Surface Paradise. And I thought maybe less sunlight would be better, you know? The more of these absolute gremlins we can keep in the darkness, the better, okay? And plus, if you go up to Surface Paradise to let the dogs out and potentially hook up with a girl... Uh, with a half sleeve who plays who plays prop for the Gold Coast Titans, you know, maybe you don't need more daytime in your day. So I can understand that. But I don't know, dude. Daylight savings is the best. It's just the best, okay? And a lot of people I've seen have said we should have daylight savings year round. I think that would ruin it, you know? I think daylight savings, you look forward to it, you savor it, you know, it immediately boosts morale immediately boosts morale. Monday on the public holiday, we're milling around at 6 p.m. having a great time. And that's traditionally where, you know, the sun will go down because when the sun goes down, what's it really doing? It's giving you a little nudge to say, hey, fucking tomorrow's coming. You know what I mean? You're not the wolf of Wall Street. You've got to go to your crap job and be boring and sober again. 
you know? So the, the delaying of the sun going down is really delaying of facing the music. That is your ordinary life. And that's why daylight savings is so magical. Because now you got blokes who are absolutely crap clocking in at two to three routes a year. And on a Tuesday night, you wouldn't be able to get them out of the house past 5 p.m. They've got to be home to watch the block. But now with daylight savings, that very same bloke will be at the pub well past his bedtime. He'll be there till 7.45 before he goes, fucking hell, the sun's going down. What time is it? At that point, you tell him, mate, it's 8 o'clock. You've just been done. You've just been done by the sun and the good vibes it's brought. And that's what it's all about, okay? So I love daylight savings. I personally have been waiting for this year to slow down a bit for me. You know, between being a a touring comedian, uh, you know, my own personal holidays, plus then also just being a bit reckless and and etc. You know, we've had two back-to-back public holidays the last two weeks. I feel like I've been in the fucking washing machine in 2022. You know what I mean? And uh, But anyway, we've come into daylight savings. October, I'm going to attempt to sort of, because I'm not touring this whole month. So I'm going to attempt to slow down and just bloody calm down a little bit. But then unfortunately, I've got it in my diary that uh, November, December, January, they fucking owe me money for last year. So, you know, there's a lot going on. Okay. There's a lot going on. Anyway, I might not even exist this time next week, depending on how this Optus data breach goes. If you guys tune in to Get Around Me next week and it's in fucking Cantonese, call the police, okay? That is not really Billy Darcy in your headphones, okay? But anyway, huge news at the pad. Forget that first seven minutes. I hated it. Disregard it. Delete it from your iPod right now because we've got the biggest announcement ever coming in red hot out the gate. Here it is. Adzi is back, okay? Now, I hear what you're saying. Where's he been? You know, we haven't heard from Adzi a lot on the podcast over the last year. Now, what's that? Is is Adzi not living with you boys anymore? Is Adzi uh, behaving in a way where, you know, he's not in on as many, as many hijinks as he usually would be? There's no conspiracies. The thing is that Adzi has been in love, okay? He's been dating a fantastic young woman and he's been head over heels and that's the way it goes. Okay, but what's one thing we know about love? It's not real and it's going to fucking end. So that's exactly what's happened. Adzi's back. He's single. The whole pad is back together. Me, Macca and Adzi, single as one cohesive unit marching into this summer. Okay, and this is exciting. We are poised. We are ready. You know, we are revved up, if you will, for one of the great summers It's our last summer in Manly. Next year, I'm going to move to the city or I'm not sure, do something weird, but I have to leave Manly, I think. So this is going to be our last summer in Manly at the Lad Pad, all three of us single. You you couldn't script it any better. You could not script it any better. And to be fair, this was actually prophesized in the Lad Pad Bible uh, in the book, According to Macca. So we were, it was, you know, read in the stars that we would have one last single summer. And that's what we're looking down the barrel of. So very exciting. Obviously, Adzi is particularly out of form with the, with the ladies due to his time on the bench. So we've been 
We've been getting uh, we've been getting him ready, and it really has brought the pad together as well. Just having everyone at the same life stage, you know. I don't know if it's good for the cohesiveness cohesiveness, I should say, of a share house. If you got one guy streets ahead of the other two, you know. If I'm if I'm single and a struggling comedian and broke, don't you be saving for a a, a house in the next bedroom with the love of your life? Okay, that's gonna fucking ruin the vibe at the breakfast table, all right? A good share house, everyone should be at the same stage of life. And uh, and that's exactly what we've got now. So it's very exciting. Uh, we've been running some drills with Adzi just to sharpen up his skills uh, as a single man out on the, uh, out on the town. There's been, some, there's been some really, really useful stuff we've been putting him through. Firstly, we've signed him up to improv classes. This is so he is able to more readily deal with Macca's lies on the fly, you know? And we've been running some little improv games out the front. So uh, me and Adzi will be having a beer and Macca will just come over and be like, be like, yeah, yeah, like I was saying, I'm a dolphin trainer on the Gold Coast. Bam. Now, Adzi, you've got to work with that. Yes, and. Yes, and. Okay. You know? And Macca will just be like, yeah, it's like I was saying, I'm a fireman. Adzi, you're up. Are you a fireman as well? What are we doing? Okay. So it's, it's getting back into that, you know, that familiarity with rolling with the pace, rolling with, uh, with Macca's yarns. Uh, we've also had him watch the Bridge to Terabithia three, maybe four times to build up his emotional resilience. Um, I've watched that film three times in my life and I've cried every time. Okay. I don't think a woman could hurt you as bad as Bridge to Terabithia could. That is the saddest film on the planet. Okay. So we've had him watch that um, with increasing amounts of red wine in his system um, to really, you know, build up that emotional numbness. Uh, also, we've had some emergency circuit drills. That's where I'll just wake up Adzi in the middle of the night and I'll say, "All right, quick, emergency circuit! You got to be, you got to be ready and mildly pissed in ten minutes," you know. And then he's, he's, you know, sculling tequila, ironing a party shirt, all in one thing. It's been good. He's making some good strides. You know, obviously there's a lot of rust, a lot of rust, but he's going well. We've been running some bouncer drills. That's where I'll just go up to Adzi out of nowhere. I'll be like, hey, mate, where have you been tonight? How much have you had to drink? And he needs to immediately get into that rhythm of family barbecue, three beers, family barbecue, three beers, mum's 47th, actually a funny story. We were supposed to have a huge thing for her 45th, cancelled once due to COVID, cancelled again due to COVID. So I know what you're thinking, 47, not a big number, but yeah, we did have a big lunch today um, with extended family, and the reason we went so big for her 47th was because we, we missed her last two, so it was nice to really make it up to mum, and I actually drove, so I've had two, maybe a third, you know, and that's just building up that repetition, you know what I mean, getting him back in the groove of what needs to be done and when, um, it's very exciting. We're also having him ask at least three people a day what the go with kick-ons is. So, you know, really exciting stuff. Um, he's getting... He, he's not back to full fitness. He's not there yet, okay? I'm not going to sit here and fill your heads with pipe dreams. But I, what I will say is Adzi is on his way back to becoming one of the uh, finest single men this side of the bridge, and I personally can't wait, Okay. We're stronger together, you know? It's safety in numbers out there when you're single. And, you know, me and Macca as a dynamic duo, it can be tough sledding, 
you know, it can be tough sledding. Firstly, Macca tells most girls that he writes all my jokes for me and that I just perform them, you know. So that's then I got to deal with that. Then I come back to the table and he's a fireman. Then I got to take a piss and I come back and he's a lifeguard. This guy told a bird he's a fucking lifeguard slash fireman, you know. This is the sort of shit I'm dealing with <laughs> on a week-to-week basis. So... So yeah, me, Macca and Adzi are all single once again. It's very exciting. And you know, we're stronger together. Okay, female groups of three who would like to date us as a unit can apply within. Just a heads up, if you're looking for well-adjusted men, your application will progress no further, okay? If you want to go on a three-way date with us, you have to sort of buy into the fact that like, it's like they're weird, but it's funny, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh, fucking oath. <laughs> Banter aside, though, I'm actually pretty pumped up. <laughs> She'll be sick. Um, but yeah, so good to have Adzi back on board and um, look forward to him featuring a lot more prominently in the podcast going forward. Okay, time to crack into some yarns from the week that was. Firstly, we had the homecoming tour continue and finish last week. Thanks to anyone who came. Apart from the Gold Coast, they ended up actually being a pretty sick tour. So, you know, there you go. It was really good fun. We did Port Macquarie on Wednesday, uh, Newcastle Thursday, Sydney Saturday, and the shows were good, and it was all good, you know, all good. I drove in Pat's car to Port Macquarie on Wednesday, which was one of the more harrowing experiences of my life. Pat Doherty has a, like a 1999 Holden Rodeo, and the one of the windows doesn't go up. Also, it has one headlight and it's just really quite a scary mobile to be a part of. The brake light went on for about two hours at one point, even though the brake was off. Then it went off. Not really sure why it did either. It rained sideways the whole way there, so it was fucking freezing. <laughs> it was brutal, but um, no, it was really fun. Um, the Sydney show was particularly wild. Uh, we had to change venues last minute because the guy who ran the Gold Coast venue that we got chased out of also ran the Sydney venue. So he immediately cancelled our show at his Sydney venue, uh, which ended up being particularly foolish from him because we sold it out. And so he he really lost money just for being petty. But the Sydney show was fucking wild. Pat went before me and killed so hard doing just crowd work. It was fucking wild. And he did like 22 minutes. I was like up the back going, this is going to be brutal. I'm about to eat shit in front of 110 people. But it ended up being pretty fun. There were these blokes in the front row who, for some reason, I don't know if they had somewhere to be, but they just looked fucking furious. And they were just talking through my set. And then when I was like, is everything all right, lads? Like, what's doing? They were just like, they looked furious. They looked like they wanted to fight me or something. I can only assume the lads were dexied out of their mind. Um, or failing that, maybe they went to, went to Knox. I'm not sure, but, but yeah, I really, uh, the attitude of these men in the front row had to be seen to be believed. It was aggressive, uh, needlessly so. And they were just talking so loudly, dude, I'll tell you this. If you come to a comedy show, just shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to do all my bits are like four, four minutes or so. 
And like, if you're talking during the start of it, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to start it because you're just going to fuck the rhythm of it. And that's exactly what happened. And then I'm like, oh, what's doing lads? And they were like angry at me for talking to them. And it's like, I'm angry at you for talking through me, you little cunts, you know? So the worst part was they said they were there to see me. So I don't know what's doing lads. Sorry. Um, you know, you said you came out to see Billy Darcy. Yet the very act of me doing stand-up comedy seemed to annoy you. So I'm not sure if you if you like me, if you if you love to hate me, or um, or I'm not sure what it is. But uh, yeah, bizarre bizarre group of lads in the front row. Apart from that, the show was sick. Really fun times. Met a fair few people after. One bloke uh, came up to me and said he's a massive fan of the podcast. And then he goes, seriously, mate, this Macca bloke is absolutely unbelievable. And I said, yeah, yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. And he said, mate, he's the coolest bloke ever. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. I go, well, mate, you can fucking ask him. He's right over there. And this bloke goes, you're kidding. And then marches over to Macca. And he's literally like more starstruck by Macca than he was by me. He ended up getting a photo with Macca and not me. He's a fan of the pod. He, I took the photo in one of the more demoralizing, you know, uh, ego-crushing moments. I'm fucking doing the photos for Macca's meet and greet. So it was very bizarre, very bizarre. We tried to go to this pub after and we had that classic daylight savings thing that happens where try to go into the King's Cross Hotel at 1.45 a.m. And the guy said, we're shutting in 10 minutes. And, you know, I was blind and uh, and I said, <laughs> you know when you think you've got a bouncer by the balls and you're like, I'm like, huh, this dumb piece of shit. Here we go. I said, excuse me, mate, I think you'll find it's only 1.45 a.m. So it says on the sign you close at three. Ball's in your court, mate. What do you say to that? And he said, well, actually, it's daylight savings. So in 10 minutes, it's going to be 3 a.m. And I said, well, fuck me dead. You've got me covered there, mate. Okay. So I was pretty aggressively embarrassed. I mean, why would the bouncer at the pub not know when they're closing? It's his job. You know what I mean? It's his fucking job to know that. You know, you take half a Dexy and you think you're bloody, you're bloody the venue manager at the King's Cross Hotel. So I apologize to that bouncer then and I'll apologize now. You have my deepest condolences. Pat got us into another bar around the corner. And this is Pat for you. That, this other bar said the same thing. They said, we're closing in half an hour. Pat said, I'll sort this out. And then immediately got us in. And the weirdest thing about that is Pat does not carry any form of identification on him. How he gets into King's Cross venues where you have to scan your ID to get in is beyond me, okay? I don't know what he says to them. I know sometimes he hands them a 20. I personally think it would be easier just to carry an ID, you know? For whatever reason, Pat doesn't feel the need. One time we went to the Courtyard Hotel after one of my shows at the Sydney Comedy Festival years ago. They had an ID scanner there. And Pat said to the guy, he said, mate, sorry, I forgot my ID. I'm a comedian. And I just played a show at the Enmore Theatre. And which was technically true. I mean, Pat opened for me in a 40-seater at the Enmore Theatre. Definitely not the main theatre. We're fucking three, four theatres away from the main theatre. You know what I mean? And I've never seen anything like it. The bouncer just shit himself and was like, oh, sorry, sir. I'm so sorry. Please come through. I don't know what it is. I, Pat has this aura with bouncers. I've never seen anything like it. I swear to God, I asked a bouncer for the time and he's just got me pinned up against the wall, punching me in the stomach 
Pat Doherty's like, not only do I have no form of identification, but I'll be coming in along with five of my friends and I'll be doing whatever the fuck I want. And these bouncers are basically shining his shoes as he walks in. So it was very bizarre, but it was, it was, it was it's also, I'm reaping the benefits of said system. So, you know, Pat Doherty is an absolute people pleaser and thank God he is. Um, the man has just got a gift. So we're able to get in after all. And how's this? I want to talk about a strikeout city, but this is, I wouldn't even say, this isn't even a strikeout city here. In fact, I wish it was a strikeout city, okay? I wish it was. You know, if I was more of a man, we'd have a strikeout city on our hands here. But unfortunately, we're looking at a genuine beta male coward hosting a podcast out of his bedroom as we speak, because what happened was, one of the lads was talking to this girl who I found to be, and I hate to get this blue, okay? Even this part of the podcast, I'm just going to say it, and I hate to be so filthy, children, cover your eyes, but this girl, she was attractive, okay? And I hate to use language like that, but there's no other word for it. She was attractive, and here's the thing. One of the lads was talking to her. I couldn't hear a word of their conversation, but I could tell from the body language and the overall vibe that he was, in fact, striking out, okay? So I thought, well, fucking hell, there's going to be another... There's going to be another seat at the table coming up here. And I thought maybe I'll go talk to her later um, once What's-His-Face has struck out with her, okay? And I put that to the back of my mind and I was fairly confident in my ability to walk over there and at the very least uh, say hello. Next thing you know, one of the lads goes, I go, who's that? Who's Kate's mate over there? What's doing there? And one of the lads goes, oh, that's bloody, you know, fucking Sarah or whatever. He goes, you don't know Sarah? I go, no, I've never met her. And Sarah was, like I said, attractive, okay? He goes, mate, this chick is like the hottest chick ever. He goes, you've no, you've never met her. I go, no, I've never met her. He goes, mate, check out her Instagram. And, you know, it, it was a chilly night on the weekend, so Sarah was quite, you know, well-dressed, big sort of trench coat type thing. Anyway, her Instagram was one of the more aggressive Instagrams I've ever come across. I was absolutely blown away. And it was one of those things where... I was looking at her in real life and I was like, yeah, she's attractive. Then I'm looking at her on Instagram. I'm thinking, this is the hottest chick I've ever seen. I can't believe I almost went over there. And now I'm in my own head. Okay. Now I'm freaking the fuck out because, and this is the thing with social media. It's all, it's none of it's fucking real. You know what I mean? So now I'm looking at her Instagram being like, oh, this chick's a 10. Oh, you know what? Now I'm like, holy shit. What am I doing? And then I just got in my own head and I was like, I just sort of freaked out about it. And she actually ended up leaving the pub. But my feeling was of complete relief because I went from a bloke who was about to walk over there and turn the charm on to an absolute puddle in about seven seconds flat uh, due to viewing her Instagram. Okay. Some of the photos were quite provocative. And uh, it just goes to show social media isn't real. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it, it's all just perception. You know, you, if you tell yourself you're the king, you're the fucking king. And if you tell yourself this girl's out of your league, well, guess what? She fucking is. You know what I mean? And, you know, if you think a girl's too hot for you, she probably is, mate. But here's the thing. She wasn't too hot for me. And then a quick squeeze of her Instagram, and she was. And it just goes to show perception is everything. Self-belief is uh, is something... 
we could all strive to attain more of um, because I basically turned into a nervous puddle uh, after viewing maybe upwards of four to five of her JPEGs and it was just an absolute shame. So, you know, don't, next time you see fucking Erin Mullen from the footy show down at the pub, don't think, oh, she's out of my league. You know, I've seen her on the television. I've seen her hosting Today FM with Husey and Ed Cavalli. I could never get with Erin Mullen. Don't worry about her Instagram and her TV credits. Don't worry about the fact she torpedoed one of the greatest uh, footballing shows of all time. Think, do you know what? She's a person just like me, okay? And march over there and strike out with her on your own accord, okay? Because that's the thing. I'm sure I still would have struck out with this woman. But the fact I didn't even try is absolutely disgraceful, okay? So I'd just like to come on the podcast and say that on the weekend, I let fear in. I let the voices in. It was head noise central. And, uh, and, and just, yeah, I'd like to be a, a lesson for all of you that, you know, do not let the demons in because once they're in, they're very hard to get rid of, as I found out, okay? So something to think about their perception is everything, all right? And off the back of that, I've got a strikeout city that has been sent in from a, uh, a much more courageous young man that I'd like to read out uh, for your listening pleasure. Okay, so I wanted to talk about that, that situation to highlight this one because this is a genuine strikeout coming up. But at least this bloke was in the mix, okay? So there's absolutely no shade here, but this is actually pretty funny. So this is from a a listener, Finn, last name withheld. Okay, so he said, we've got a strikeout city for you here, Bill. He's chatting to a lovely young lady at the pub, okay? And he asks what she does for work. She says, I'll show you, hand me your phone. So I do, thinking she'd pull up her Insta or something. Lo and behold, she is an OnlyFans model and hands me back the phone and I can see what she posts. I ask, oh, I can see your posts. How is that your subscription free? Or is your subscription free? And she says, no, it's actually $30 and vanishes. She has somehow subscribed me to her OnlyFans and then vanished from the pub. Now I'm down $30 and have access to her OnlyFans. What are your thoughts on this? I am in shock and feel violated. As you should, Finn. As you should. Okay? Now, a couple of things here. Firstly, mate, it's clear you've been done by an absolute pro. I would not take this personally. Okay? This is like if you get pickpocketed in Rome. You can't blame yourself, mate. Okay? It wasn't personal. If it wasn't you, would have been the next bloke. Now, here's the thing. I'd like to know, was this woman at the pub purely to mug blokes off such as yourself? Or is she there honestly having a good time? And if the if the situation comes up, uh, she will mug a bloke by taking $30 out of his account. Okay? For me, that answer would provide a lot of clarity on the situation. I'm leaning towards the fact that, mate, this probably wasn't personal. And I'd say you're one of potentially upwards of 10 blokes who've been mugged off by this woman. And who knows what her body count is for the year. Okay? And at the end of the day, you know, at what point do you respect the entrepreneurship of this young lady? I would say take the L, take it on the chin. Like I said, you've been done by a pro. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And that's life. I would personally cancel the OnlyFans, but, you know, enjoy the next three weeks or whatever. You know, I'd like some clarity on how attractive this woman is because if you were talking to, like, Jennifer Hawkins 
and thought you were on with her, then maybe you need to look in the mirror and have have a real, you know, a bit of a heart to heart with yourself about, you know, being honest about about what was going on there. You know, was your head in the clouds? If this was one of those OnlyFans chicks where she's like not overly attractive, but she's got like crazy tits or something, I think this could be more believable. But if you're talking to a genuine 11 and thought you were on with her, then maybe you need to be a little bit more honest with yourself about what was happening there, mate. But overall, Finn, I'd say don't blame yourself, mate. Don't take it personally. That's that's the key here. And uh, just maybe be a bit more vigilant when handing your phone over next time. Maybe a follow-up question would be nice. But then again, if another woman in the future says, hey, let me show me what, what I do, give me your phone. You know, nine times out of 10, they're just going to bring up some stupid graphic design page. You don't want to tell them, hey, I actually don't trust you because last time a woman subscribed me to her OnlyFans, then you look like a mug, it's a whole thing. I would say just take the L on the chin, mate, and be a little more vigilant going forward. But but yeah, mate, you're right. You have been violated there. You're down 30 sheets. You didn't deserve it, but that's that's life, brother, okay? And that's that's sometimes that's the price you pay for being in the mix. While cowards like me, who didn't even say hi to the girl, I walk home with my 30 sheets in my pocket. But do you know what you've got, mate? You've got a story, okay? You've got a great story. I've got low self-esteem, and it's all happening. Okay, so fair play, Finn, mate. I rate, I rate your chutzpah. <laughs> okay, just a couple of topics I'd like to climb into. So firstly, I received a particularly distressing email uh, this week, actually. It was a some, an email I've not received before. It was my sports bet activity statement for the month of September. Okay, now this is something new they're doing where they will email you a statement, like a bank statement of all the money you have won and lost uh, for that month on Sportsbet. Now, I'd like to say, stop that. Okay, stop it right now. This is not what we want from our betting agencies, okay? No one is looking to Sportsbet for more personal accountability, okay? Don't, Don't send me these stats. Do not send me these stats, you know? What, what, a, a brothel's going to start sending out fucking activity statements for the month. Here's all the terrible decisions you made. You know what I mean? Is Woolies going to start sending me a list of all, all the lollies I've bought in the last month? Okay. I don't want to hear about this sports bet. I don't want to hear about the, all the money I've lost for the month of September. Okay. Also, sports bet, why are you encouraging self-reflection? You know, God, if if you start sending me a list of all the money I've lost each month, it could lead to me gambling less, okay? Self-reflection genuinely leads to possible adjustments in behavior, which if I'm sports bet, I don't want a bar off, okay? Really, these statements should only be for problem gamblers, okay? If I'm losing 50 bucks a week, that's my business. And I think we can all sweep it under the rug knowing no real damage is being done. Okay, no one wants evidence their bad decisions are building up over time. Okay, that's what doctors and cardiologists are for. Okay, I don't need to hear this from Sportsbet. Also, Sportsbet, it's not a surprise. I'm not opening the statement going, oh, I wonder if I'm up or down for the last month. I'm down. Okay, everyone is down. There should be, no one is up. No one is up. 
Maybe you're up a little bit for one of the months, but overall for the year, you're still down. The only people who are consistently up are professional gamblers. Okay? So we don't need to email me a statement. I know I'm down. Okay? I know I'm down. Uh, The other thing is, yeah, like I said, we can disregard the email because I know I'm already down. Here's the thing. If I'm up for the month of September, you can give me a direct phone call because I will be legitimately blown away. Okay? If there is a month where I am actually up, where I have one more money than I've lost, you call me directly and you fucking give me a verbal high five because I'll be all about it. Okay? But until that day comes, I don't want to hear from you, sports bet. I don't want to hear from you. Until I until I start freaking depositing sums into my sports bet account that are exactly the same as my children's private school fees, I don't think I need to be receiving any further communications from sports bet outside of bonus bet offers. Okay? You know, it really should just be for problem gamblers, I think. The other thing is, it's monthly. It's a monthly statement. I would honestly just prefer, just give me the week to week. Monday, here's what you did on the weekend, okay? Stuff I gambled on two, year, uh, two three weeks ago, it's off the table, okay? Anything I did two weeks ago is off the table. You know, you go on a bender, you get blind for three days, you, you eat some spinach on the Monday, it's all fucking... It's all leveled out. We move on, okay? I don't want to hear about money I lost five weeks ago. What can I do about that now? Okay? I've already hated myself the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that week. I've already sort of gotten over it by the following weekend. And then by the following week, I've already completely forgotten about it. Okay? So we don't need a fucking PDF coming in hot three weeks later reminding me the reckless decisions I made on the UFC prelims, okay? Thank you. (laughs) So Sportsbet, please stop that. Next up, now, the Penrith Panthers won the NRL Grand Final over the weekend. I watched the first half. I did not watch the second half because it was truly one of the worst Grand Finals I've ever seen. Both the AFL and NRL Grand Finals this year uh, were absolute flops, okay? And I have no allegiance to anyone in saying that. Obviously, I'm from Sydney, but I'm not into the AFL at all. We actually went out on Sunday night. We were going to watch it here. With, we had some friends over because we already went out Friday and Saturday night. We were going to watch it here, but the game sucked so much, we ended up going to the pub just for something to do. But anyway, the Panthers players, they were out and about, you know, celebrating and there was some talks in the media on NRL 360. NRL 360 is a show on Fox Sports where three nerds and Braith and Astor sit around a metal table with lights on it and basically pick apart the game they claim to love and the players who play it. So it's basically kind of like E! Entertainment, but for NRL, okay? They just they throw wild rumors around and whatever. Apparently, it's actually really popular. I imagine with 47-year-old men. Anyway, there's a lot of talk that the Panthers' celebrations were too arrogant over the weekend. Here's the thing. If the Panthers' celebration was too arrogant, I personally blame the Eels. I mean, how could you not be arrogant after drubbing a team like that in a grand final? You can't tell me if the Eels didn't turn up and it was more of a contest. The Panthers' celebrations might have been a little bit different. 
You know, there was blow-ups because at the Panthers' official uh, celebration function the next, day, the next day, there was multiple chants of the Eels suck or Paris sucks. And here's the thing, I'm not in the market for slander, but when those people, when those chants start containing lies, you tell me, okay? Because Paris do suck. They didn't turn up. They absolutely shat themselves on the biggest stage imaginable. And they ruined what should have been a fantastic Sunday night for everyone. So I got no problem with anything the Penrith Panthers did. You know, Jerome Luai is in speed dealers. I think people just find speed dealers inherently offensive, you know? But I blame the Eels. I really do. Api Corusau is heading to the West Tigers next year, and he got in trouble for laughing and saying that he would win a premiership with the Tigers next year, lol, in sort of one of the more sarcastic comments uh, a grand final podium has ever seen. And a lot of Tigers supporters were saying they should tear up his contract, his $2 million contract, um, because of that, that laughable comment. And to the Tigers, I say, if you want people to respect you, why don't you play some more respectful footy? Okay, I think Api Carousel... If I'm saying Coruscant, I should say. I think he's done more than enough for your hapless club by signing a contract to go there. I mean, someone had to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if the NRL said to Happy Coruscant, look, mate, we'll give you an extra 500k off the books here to go and attempt to revive this hapless club. Okay? I watched the Tigers versus the Raiders in the last round of the season, or the second last round. And it was like a borderline training run out there. At one point, the Raiders scored off the kickoff. It was truly embarrassing, okay? I think Api Carousel, Carousel, I don't know why I keep fucking that up. I think he could honestly light a Tigers jersey on fire and live stream it on Instagram. And they'd still have to be like, ah, he was just joking around. Don't worry about it, you know? There is zero chance of them tearing up his contract. He is their only chance at not getting the wooden spoon for a second year in a row, okay? And at the end of the day, if, if a bunch of NRL players and NRL players from Western Sydney at that, if they get on the gear for three days and no one dies, I think it's actually something that should be celebrated. I think it's something, you know, if anything, they should be commended uh, for their responsible behavior, okay? At the end of the day, these blokes, they're, they're, they're young lads. They've won the NRL grand final. They're going to go absolutely nuts. And any nerds who don't want to fucking be shocked by anything should avert their eyes. R.E. Paul Kent and that other pensioner on NRL 360. Okay? So let the boys play on. That's what I'll say to that. And finally, just to uh, round us up here, uh, the Adelaide 36ers are on the project this week. The project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad. The Adelaide 36ers defeated the Phoenix Suns in a summer season trial game. The Phoenix Suns had all five of their starters play at various times in the game. And we fucking beat them. You know? What's next? The Cairns Taipans taking down the Lakers? This is huge for Australian basketball. Okay? Uh, Anytime some Aussies are absolutely giving it to these Seppos, I love it. So congratulations to the 36ers. Um, I honestly know so little about basketball. I can provide no commentary on this achievement, how it happened, why it happened, if it'll happen again. Um, But it's a fantastic moment for Australian basketball. Uh, Macca actually did a semester exchange 
at Arizona State University and partied with Devin Booker a couple of times. That's the only thing I know about the Phoenix Suns and the NBA uh, in large. So I can't offer really any commentary except to say that this is fucking sick and I hope it happens again. You know, will this lead to the NBL becoming relevant in this country? I think I speak for all Australians when I say, God, I fucking hope not. Okay. I don't want to watch the fucking Wollongong Jumping Jacks versus the Melbourne Breakers playing off for for a chance to defeat, you know, the Dubbo Blue Lizards in the grand final. Please fold this competition ASAP. Okay, there's 12 people at the games and it's tough to watch. Anyway, that is the podcast for this week. I have nothing to promote. Thank you to everyone who came to my Brisbane show and the homecoming tour etc dude etc appreciate it way too long way too long yeah and i can see the ground now way too gone way too gone all right welcome back to yet another episode of get around me merely two weeks ago i said it's going to be bloody guests galore on the podcast you know we're going to have so many guests unfortunately i was in the washing machine for a couple of weeks there was some public holidays in the mix did not schedule any guests for this week but never fear, Rowan Arneal is here. Rowan, you're, you're joining illustrious, illustrious uh, company. In You are only the second man ever to appear on this podcast three times. But I will say, I think you have Freddie covered because two of Freddie's episodes are no longer on the internet anymore. They've been buried in the vault. That kid's too edgy. Oh, really? <laughs> he asked you to take him down? No, no, no. I took them down of my own accord. Um, he was uh, he was saying some stuff about Koreans that I personally found to be quite distasteful. Well, he is horrifically racist. So. Well, he is horrifically racist. <laughs> and that's the English for you. But no, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, Freddie's episodes were actually in the first 50 and they all, they all got laid waste too. So <laughs> collateral damage, Freddie. I take the blame for that. But Rowan, mate... Thank you for saving the day. And it's interesting to see you in a hero, a hero's light, a hero's position, if you will. <laughs> Always a hero. I feel like you've got more villain energy. Bro, hero for life. Hashtag brotherhood, hashtag loyalty. Everyone knows that about me. Really? How do you describe your overall attitude and energy then? Me? I'm fucking Conor McGregor. I've been talking about this for weeks. I feel like you're more of a villain. Conor himself turned into a villain, mate. Oh, well, I will turn into a villain for sure. Obviously, I'm going to be villainous in a while, but oh, okay. right now, I'm just a sweet, sweet Connor. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. You are a sweet boy. What's been going on with you, mate? All right. Me? Oh, I'm doing Connor shit, mate. I'm I'm moving back into my parents. Just- Moving just back. Moving back, mate. Moving back. I'm, How old are you? I'm 26. That's cool. That's cool. Nothing oh, wrong with that. Like Connor, everyone, if you're moving back home, I just want you to tell you, go watch the Connor McGregor documentary and be inspired. Move back home. I was training too much. You were training too I much. I was training too much. It was unsustainable. It was untenable. Did- My car broke down three times. Sometimes you got to cough the L and go home. Yep. Yep. You got you to gotta cop the L sometimes. Here's the thing. That Connor McGregor doco aged so well because he was living with his mum. Mm. Like and she's his girlfriend. He had two women waiting on him, hand and foot. Exactly. He had his missus and his mum. They're making him fucking different omelets at the same time. <laughs> they got a double omelet station going. Here's what I don't get: How did he know to film himself back then? How did he afford it? 
Well, yeah, well, that is true. How did he afford it if he couldn't live out of home? It must have been paid for by, like, the city of Dublin. Yeah, I guess the Irish government had to do something about that. I think it does get to a point in Ireland where it is actually law, where if you chin enough cunts, they'll just start following you around with a camera. <laughs> they go, either this guy's going to be one of the greatest champs of all time, or we're going to need to know exactly where the fuck mm, he is. That's very true. Yeah, also, you can't move back home. You need to get a girlfriend first, then move back home. Yes. You can't be trying to be a single man. Oh, really? With your mom. Nah, that's not, like, that's not what Connor or me would do. Okay. What about for someone who's not a champion such as myself? If you're a mere contender, single, what do I do if I fall on hard times? I suppose that's just how homeless people are created. Yeah, yeah, I think just homeless. I think I think you'd have to go homeless. You don't have as much kind of like pride as someone like me. Enough gusto to really pull off just moving back in with your parents because your car broke down four times <laughs> and you're in five grand of debt to the Commonwealth Bank. And look, the buck's got to stop somewhere, doesn't it? My yep. apartment had no carpet. Yeah, your apartment flooded. That Was that the... What's the saying? The toothpick? The, the straw that broke the camel's back, I think you're looking for. The straw that broke the camel's back. Beautiful. Beautiful, mate. So you're saying the fact that you have a girlfriend cancels out the fact that you're moving back in with your parents. Is that what you're going for here? I'm going home to train, bro. I'm Connor. I'm going home to train. And it's just... So you've got your love life settled and now it's just... Living out of home was just a distraction. It was a distraction from training. Yeah. And my training happens to be stand-up comedy. Okay. Of course. Now, a lot of stand-up comedians in Sydney live with their parents. I'm not going to be like them, though. I'm like Connor. Yeah, so that's what I'm sort of getting at. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fuck, my logic is flawed. So, no, well, what is the difference between you and, say, one of the other hundreds of Sydney stand-up comedians who are, you know, moving back in with their parents as we record this very podcast? Because I was out for, like, years. Yeah, okay. I, I'd cop some mileage. Yeah. And then I just wasn't training enough because I was so fucking poor. Yeah. And look, sometimes you just got to go home to the bloody MasterChef kitchen. The oh, mystery box yeah. of, oh my God, what's in here? It's the mystery box. I can make whatever I want. Bro, I had prawn pasta last night. Prawn pasta? There was, there was prawns in the freezer. Mate, I haven't had mystery a Mystery box. Boom. Dude, I haven't had a prawn in maybe four years. Oh, it was I'll so I'll tell you good. what, I have prawns. Christmas. <laughs> At your parents' place. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, um, you think I'm just having fucking prawns on a Tuesday out here? Dude, I looked at a prawn at Woolies and the guy charged me seven bucks. Seven so bucks for scary. looking. <laughs> Fucking crazy, dude. But um, so how long have you been back there? Two days. Wow. Hence the optimism. It's, it's fresh. Yeah, it is fresh. That's why the light is still on in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spent three days moving a two-bedroom apartment. There's a large section of my was teenage bedroom that's now just stuff. Yep. It's just kind of a wall of things that... Your room became the dumping room. Yeah, yeah. There was no other room for the dumping room. And how was your mum's energy upon you breaking the news? Because I reckon, personally, my mum would be popping champagne bottles on the balcony. Yeah, she... Yeah, it was more of a sigh of relief, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. Not really popping champagne. She, she kind of likes me not being there. But I lay down the Connor rules pretty early. I was like, this is my routine. This is what I do. I the, don't want it disturbed. These are the hours yeah. you're allowed to talk to me. Yeah. These are the hours I write. <laughs> these are the hours I perform stand-up comedy. <laughs> I told them on Sunday, just Sunday's a day of rest. Oh, dude, I believe I, in this very aggressively. So aggressively. I said, Sunday's a day of rest. I know you want jobs done around the house. That's not going to happen on a Sunday. I get ridiculously high on Sundays. 
and I like to write jokes in my little notebook and I will probably have eight to 12 beers alone. Wow. On, now, the, on the back deck. I don't want to be disturbed on the back deck. And also, get ready to hear some fucking Aussie hip-hop <laughs> blasting off the back deck. I will be smoking cigarettes, listening to Billy Joel, being like, this is part of the process, yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> Do you actually write on Sundays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mate, you're, you're destined to be the, the number one comedian on the planet <laughs> if you're writing on the Lord's Day. Well, I, I can say I've never picked up a pen on a Sunday in my life. Well, I used to, well, I do it like crazy high. Um, yeah. But um, otherwise, no motivation. Yeah. See, I wrote high the other day because I had some... Uh, speaking of being in the fucking washing machine, I've been flying home at like midday on a Monday just wrecked. <laughs> wrecked. And so I blazed one the other day purely for pain relief. Okay. It was not recreational in any way, shape or form. But then I was like, fuck, I should do something. And dude, I hit the book and I got to say, some stuff came out. It's pretty fun. Pretty good. But here's the thing is I like to write first thing in the morning because it's like, it's, I just want to get it done. Yeah. You know yeah, how they yeah. say, do like the thing you don't want to do the most? Mm. Like that's writing. Well, I, I do other things in the morning, like work and like- Well, here's the thing, mate. You're, <laughs> you're moving back in with your parents and Bro, you have a I'm day job. So, I'm so bad with money. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, well, you have a ponytail, so that lets people know that you're coming at least financially. Mm. Yeah, I'm fucked. Dude, I was pa- I found out I was paying for a subscription. You know how I have Netflix and Stan and stuff like that? I was paying for Channel 10. <laughs> I was paying a Channel 10 subscription. <laughs> for what? I guess at one point in the previous years, I was high and wanted to watch MasterChef and put my card details into Channel 10. Dude, and then I don't like to look at my bank statements. I think it's like bad luck or something. I find it very aggressive to like have to look at what you're spending your money on. Yeah, um, it's, I don't think it's bad luck, but I think it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, and I don't. I like to be comfortable. Yeah. Um. So I was paying for Channel Ten. I got this like. F- okay, hang on. Let's just go in on this for two seconds here, <laughs> because I myself, I I'm a Channel Ten user of the free version. Well, I don't know how they fucking tricked me. What are you, what what uh, features of the Channel Ten Play app are you accessing that are not available to a uh, a regular registered user such as myself? I wish I knew. I wish I knew the VIP service that I was Dude, getting. Imagine if there's just wild shit on there. Like it's Hue- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Huey's cooking, but he's like nailing some bird behind the bench. <laughs> I wasn't getting anything like that. I think I was just. I wasn't even watch. I hadn't watched Channel Ten Play for months. Yeah, I'll only watch it if the Matildas are on there for some reason. Bro, I fucking... I got like... You know how you get like something where you like put in a code and you get like a cheap box of wine or whatever? Oh, yeah, I yeah. did that one time. Yep. And then I was like super broke and I just saw $40 leave my account for Angel Wines. If you're listening, Angel Wines, fuck you. Actually, they, were, they refunded my money. That's all. Actually, I take that back. Angel Wines, that is officially redacted on the <laughs> Get Around Me podcast. Redacted. In fact, I'll, I'll extend the olive branch. Would you like to sponsor the pod? <laughs> Possibly. Turn a positive into a negative. So I called them. I was like, I'm not getting boxes of wine. What's this $40? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, no, that's part of the your angel money that goes into purchasing new boxes of wine. For who? For me, I guess, but I need to go and buy the... And I was like, well, what the fuck? I don't want to do that. I don't want money taken out that I have to spend on wine. That's like the opposite of what I want to be working on. Okay, I've got some strong thoughts on this. Uh, Firstly, 
these subscriptions are out of control. The best thing that happened to me recently was my card got defrauded. Oh. And uh, I had like $600 worth of charges uh, for Ubers in Toronto. Okay, <laughs> now sound like you, mate. Now, I have been on the road recently, <laughs> but I have not been to Toronto. And so I had to cancel my cards. It ended up being the best thing ever because then all this shit is like cancelled now. And I'm like, dude, I fucking hated this shit anyway. Mm. Cancelled the gym membership. Wasn't going. Done. Too, <laughs> too scared to call them up. <laughs> Got my 11 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Walk out that door. <laughs> dude, literally, um, I had a Daily Telegraph or a News Corp subscription. I did not know how to end it. <laughs> like, I looked it up. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it was so embarrassing. It was one time I entered... Um, the best singles in New South Wales in the Daily Telegraph. Oh, that's so sad. Billy. And then just, well, it was mostly for bits, but, um, yeah. but, um, and then to see if I got into the paper, because I, I thought it'd be like, you know, yeah, you go yeah. and buy the paper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. And then I had to subscribe online. It was like a dollar. I go, yeah, whatever. Job done. <laughs> and guess what? I was in there. Really? Yeah, it was great. You know, I got seven likes on Instagram. It's all happening. <laughs> okay. It's all happening. For the last year and a half, it's $28 on the last day of the month <laughs> for like access to every News Corp thing. Mm. Don't even know what that entails. Um, and and yeah, and like binge, no one was watching the binge. I was begging the lads to watch the binge. <laughs> I, I said, boys, what's doing tonight? Does anyone just want to hang out and watch binge? And they'd throw popcorn at me that they'd find under the couch. Mm. So No one wanted to watch The Wire with you, Billy? Oh, dude, I was begging them to. <laughs> Anyway, I, one time I dressed up as a dragon. I was like, Game of Thrones. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, so it is actually good when um, you just cancel mm. everything. But also, I reject the idea of these wine clubs as well. What the fuck? So as like, if wine isn't easily accessible. I know. And they also were bad. And, but, but we drank them all very quickly as well. It was a bad setup, just getting a box of them. Anyway, yeah. so I called them and I'm like, what the fuck? Forty dollars? They explained to me that's my angel money, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know what they expected me to be like. Oh, of course, my angel money. Yeah. So I was like, well, well, fuck this. Well, Mister O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, you can um, we can send your angel money back to you. You can if you'd like. And I was like, well, that would be excellent. Firstly, that. you mean my money, money? Yeah, yeah, my money, money. <laughs> um, how come two hundred eighty dollars came back? You're kidding. <laughs> I two hundred eighty dollars had flown out of my bank account. I had no idea. And you hadn't purchased any of the wine? None. Did you think, fuck it, this money's gone. I'm going to get some bottles in here. Well, I think I just took the $280 back and then just went and bought the $5 bottle that I normally buy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that and my car breaking down a lot. Um, it kind of why I'm Conor McGregor right now. Yep. Okay. Why I'm training so fucking hard. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's I, I do have a lot of admiration for you and your training habits. <laughs> Sometimes your apartment gets flooded. They rip up the carpet. There's just chipboard underneath that's completely soaked. They don't really do anything about that. And then you give have me, to give me the landlord's energy when you said the whole place has been flooded. So what happened? A pipe burst. Uh, yeah, flexi hose under the sink. Yeah, a landlord that who sent extensive emails when I left. Any dirt? Oh, they took. It's their fucking fault I moved out as well because I was about to sign a year-long lease. They found dirt in the hallway from Boots, gaslighted me. I just found out what that is. Gaslighted me big time. So they said it was you. They said it was me and they said, if that's what the hallway looks like, I'd hate to know what your apartment looks like. And I was like, all right, well, fucking let's ease up. Also, 
you still own the apartment. You can come in and inspect it. Yeah, that's what I said. At a specified time. (laughs) We're not fucking cooking meth in there, mate. (laughs) Come in. It's all good. So, yeah, then it just, uh, we we went a month to month and it flooded and then we decided to leave. Yeah. Yeah, part of the, you just got to move out. You just got to fill up your car with all the stuff you don't want. Think you're going to drive to the tip, but kind of deep down know that you're not driving to the tip, and then just kind of hang re- on a minute, <laughs> reverse into a piece of bushland, and just kind of. Are you talking about illegally dumping your items? I'm talking about decluttering. But you're a former garbage man. Well, I've got them on the case for a lot of stuff as well. Well, I'm, I thought if anyone respected the waste service system, it would be you. You've been on the other side of that thin blue line. I know, I know, but this is council has to deal with it. Well, we've been illegally dumping for years across the road. <laughs> also, illegally dumping, you've been littering. Like you've just been We've been littering full couches at midnight. You know those green boxes? Um, they're no. like the electricity boxes. There was one of them across the road. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So we we'd get a new couch, then at midnight, take the other couch over and put it behind the green box. And there was a wall on that other side. So it was just hidden. And then eventually uh, it would get a little council high-vis sticker on it. And then a truck would come and take it away. And we'd be like, how's the efficiency? Okay. So that's different. Mm. But let's go. That's actually, that sounds pretty good. It's a pretty good deal. I didn't know you could do that. That is fantastic. Uh, because when we moved out of the last place, the lad pad, we had so much shit to get rid of. Mm. Never, ever be last man stands at a share house. So brutal. I learned that the hard way. But um, but what about this just dropping stuff off in the middle of the bush? Could you elaborate? Yeah, I'll probably plead the fifth on this one. Yeah, fair enough. The crime, <laughs> the crime's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's within 30 days. Yeah, it's within 30 days. Spent a bit of time driving away being like, did I fucking leave? Did that speaker box have my address and name on it when it got delivered? <laughs> <laughs> it but, totally does but it's like i know the places where people illegally dump so i'm not going to like a fresh place that oh you has know the hangs there. i know because i've been illegally dumping for most of my adult life wow because i used to get um pamphlets delivered so no you know when you deliver pamphlets oh i used to get rid of those yeah so you just get rid of them and then i was i got in i got wrapped up in this yellow pages scheme where um mate it sounds like you're a real sucker Oh, yeah, hardcore. I never even got paid for the Yellow Pages, actually. Oh, really? I've been not paid by so many employers. Um, Anyway, so he filled my car full of Yellow Pages and you get like five cents each door you put it on or whatever, or like 10 cents or something. You're kidding. Yeah, so you get all these and you hope to get an apartment block area where you just put enormous stacks. Yeah. But he accidentally loaded North Shore ones into my car, just like full to the brim. And then was like, oh, fuck, it's not Northern Beaches, it's North Shore. So you're going to have to go there and deliver them. And I was like, oh, so I just spent like a month driving around with just a car full of yellow pages until I was like, all right, this has got to stop. Enough is enough. I went to Roseville, tried to do a run. The houses were very big. They were very spaced out. Yeah. It wasn't good for morale. Me and my mate I conscripted went to Subway, ate a foot long each and was like, we got to get rid of these. So The thing with that sort of work is you cannot stop because as soon as you stop, you go, oh, this is fucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, literally last time you were on the podcast, I was telling you about that warehouse job I was working that I was hating. <laughs> Dude, within like 
I was in America for maybe six hours. I was like, oh, I'm never going back. <laughs> yeah, of course not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like once you pull back from the mm. disaster, you're like, oh, that was like, this is some of the worst mm. work of all time. Yeah, I spent half a day in a juice factory in Brookvale. Um, <laughs> did I tell you about you this? You did tell me this one, oh, but go on. Oh, God. And it was just three different rooms. You asked him, I was like, what time do we finish? And everyone else there is speaking Nepalese. And oh, yeah. Bring honest, them back, by the way. Bring the Nepalese back. They were alienating me a little bit. And then I was just shoveling apples, which is one of the hardest things to shovel because they all roll away. They, they don't want to be on the shovel. They don't want to be on the shovel. That's so, it was just me shoveling apples until I was like, all right, I'm going to go for lunch. I know you guys say you don't really do that, but I'm going to go get something to eat. And as soon as I hit daylight, I, and at the time I was like, I'm just going to get some food. Is but, this your first day? Yeah, yeah. As soon as I hit daylight, I was like, oh, well, I'm not going back in there. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I possibly do that? I went dude. home to my roommate and was like, yeah, not for me. And he's like, it doesn't sound like it's for you, Ron. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's why like, they reckon factory workers and railway workers, they work for like 50 years, retire. They just drop dead six months later mm. because they reckon like their bones... Fucking okay, <laughs> scientific analysis. No, no, no. Okay, I don't know why he was doing the robot while he said bones. No, I wasn't. Prove it. This is audio only. Fucking prove it, dude. Well, what happens is because they work so hard, their body's in the routine when they get out of the routine. But also, I wonder if they go, dude. What the? I just blew forty-five years at that fucking railway, bro. So brutal. There was one other white guy there and I was like, bro, have you been working here for long? What's it like? And he just had a full hairnet on and then a hairnet over his beard and then just <laughs> surgical kind of gear. He was in the other room. I couldn't go into that room. You're only allowed in one of the three rooms because it was cross-contamination issues. And I was like, what's the go with this? Is it good? And he just goes, it's my second day. This is the most fucked job I've ever had. Oh, <laughs> really? Like, oh, well, you're not going to make it a week. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I'm not going to make it a week. No. Dude, um... When I was working at that warehouse, we had, it was a lot of Nepalese people as well, a lot of Thai. Um, yeah, not 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 uh, not too much in glares being spoken around the old fucking aisles, I'll tell you that. But it was so funny on like my second day, it was me and this kid Callum, and he was like twenty two, you know, white uni student or whatever. Mm. And um, and he goes, we had a uh, it was reconciliation week. Oh yeah. And so we had an Aboriginal elder come to the warehouse and do like a presentation. And it was just me, Callum, and like 60 Nepalese people. I said, fucking hell, Callum, you and me are going to have to take this one on the chin because <laughs> the Nepalese, have, they've got nothing to do with this, mate. <laughs> and, then, and then it's so funny, the supervisor of the warehouse comes out and she was full-blown South African. And she starts introducing the Aboriginal elder. And I lean into Callum. I said, oh, South Africans, not the best reputation with natives. <laughs> And this kid, this kid Callum was like, you cannot say that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the one giggle I had in the fucking two months I worked there. <laughs> yeah, not much bands at the warehouses, I would say. Not much bands. But, uh, oh yeah, so you were saying gaslighting before. I just learned what that is, like mm. this week. I guess Has, Did someone explain it to you? Because it's, it's been in media and stuff so much. Yeah. I don't know. I think... Um, well, Pat Doherty actually explained it to me. Oh, well, so I'll verify genius. this with you. Yeah. Dude, we just we drove home from Newcastle the other the other week and um it was fucking sideways rain, minus ten degrees in like quarter to six in the oh, morning. His window. Yeah, his window doesn't close. So <laughs> dude, it was fucking shit house. Like it was freezing, dude. But then um 
So gaslighting, to my understanding, is when someone says something, you're doing something you're not actually doing, but like they're lying to you to get in your head. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Is or that it? They're making you doubt yourself when you're stating a true fact. Okay, yeah. Same, similar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're basically just lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. good old-fashioned mind games. That's yeah, what we call yeah, those. Yeah. When I first found out about it, I was like, oh, that's hilarious. I do that to all the people that love me. Yeah. <laughs> just staring my mom dead in the eyes when she's accusing me of being high and being like, I'm your son. <laughs> Are you seriously going to say that to me right now? Is there no trust here? Yeah, yeah. Just I am. grilled to the balls as a 16-year-old being like, there is no trust here. And that hurts me. <laughs> just be like, I am not high. What I am is Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah, what I am is bloody disappointed in your level of trust with me. <laughs> now go make me a protein-filled snack. I have to go do an open mic. I'm working out on the deck and we can see you're smoking cigarettes and laughing and writing in a notebook. <laughs> it's, it's called... It's, yeah. <laughs> it's training, bro. I'm training. He's fucking training. I'm bloody McGregor. Mate, now, uh, now that I've found out you, you sometimes write jokes on the Lord's Day, I feel like I've got to start opening. But for I you. don't. I don't open for. I don't write jokes on many other days because I'm. Like, oh, okay. I get all tired and bogged down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sunday's my day. I enjoy writing jokes. Oh yeah. Um. No. Fair enough. Have you got any experience with gaslighting, Matt? I think if anyone's been gaslighting around here, it's this guy right here. <laughs> the fact I don't know what it is, <laughs> I probably says I'm an absolute culprit of it. No, I don't think I gaslight anyone, but my mother in previous times. Oh, my real estate agent gaslit me because I was like, no, that's not me. It's across the hall. And she was like, there's photos. I, um, there's no they, fucking photos. I see them walk straight into your door. And I was like, bitch, I'm working on concrete floor right now. I, I know that's not my mud and I know where it goes. So I was like, show me the photos. And then the photos were there and she was gaslighting me. The, it didn't walk anywhere near my door. Yeah. And I'll speak, uh, I'll speak candidly. Your block, beautiful location. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful location. It's a shithole. It's an absolute shithole. It's an absolute shithole. And then when I first which moved is fine, in, which is fine. When I first moved in, there's this back area that's just essentially a bin bay and a washing machine and a washing line. There was like a canoe and all this shit all over the grass, and I saw that and I was like, all right, guns are blazing. I'm gonna keep a lot of shit out here. Yeah, 100%. And then the canoe moved out. I put a bunch of surfboards there and shit. Perfect. And then and then the fucking landlord comes around. He's a 92-year-old Greek man. And he is obsessed. That's old money. <laughs> he is obsessed with respect. A little thing like a lot of Greek men is I disrespected him and I disrespected his building and I disrespected his family and I disrespected how hard he worked to earn this probably $12 million building. Yeah, wow. So, yeah. It wasn't 12 mil when this bloke bought it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, it's a fucking bin bag. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For God's sake. Also, like, sometimes you can break the rules without being malicious. Yeah, You know when yeah. people are like, hey, you put your surfboard here. It's actually meant for the bins. It's like, oh, that's okay. Oh, for sure. I'll move the surfboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe you could deal with um the about seven broken bikes that are clearly from people that used to live in this apartment place. Yeah. Also, the fucking floor is flooded. Mm. And then all of a sudden, his fucking English isn't as good as it used to be when <laughs> when respect goes the set both ways, you yeah. know? The real estate agent's emails that used to be so unbelievably long that I wanted to fashion them into a blunt object yeah. and take them down to LJ Hooker. Now, I'm aware of the flooding. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Excellent. And here's the thing. Okay, I've, I have strong opinions about these little real estate cunts because <laughs> do you know what it is? 
They're class traitors. Mm. They're on 43 fucking grand a year <laughs> helping the, the, the guy who's on 300K. Mm. It's like, brother, you and me are in, we should be on the same side of the fence. Mm. Instead, you've put on this fucking tarot cash suit, convincing yourself you're on like selling Sunset or some mm. shit. You're doing residential rentals, mate. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know much about real estate, but I know. I know if there was a pyramid. I know what end I'd put you on. Okay. When the water was very prevalent in my life, when there was a lot of a lot of dampness and a lot of water in my life, I just wanted to walk up and be like, "All right, I'm going to show you on my computer how much the rent costs, and then I'm going to show you the pay slips that you know. You know how much I make. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that a third of my income." Goes to the wet apartment, the wettest apartment I've ever lived in. Yep. Yeah, but that was they got a dehumidifier in there. That was all good. No, no rent reduction. Who needs that, mate? When you can pay three hundred and ten dollars for a wet apartment, <laughs> dude. We didn't even have a fucking kitchen light when we moved in here. And um, mate, this one, this one actually pissed me off because w- when we first moved in, the kitchen light didn't work, and they said anything that doesn't work, let us know. Mm. It's extremely reasonable. Yeah. The kitchen light doesn't work, okay? There was a couple of other things in there as well. But the kitchen light was just the easiest and it mm. cost three bucks. And yeah, I could go to Bunnings and get a light bulb, but that's not the fucking point. At 300 fucking sheets a week, you're getting yeah. a light bulb, brother, okay? Yeah. You got plenty of my money in your pocket. You can afford a fucking light bulb and some bloke to put it in. They never put it in. <laughs> it took them like nine months. And I was like, God, dude. It, it honestly scared me because I thought, all right, so this is... How it's going to be. Battle lines have been drawn. You're going to be completely incompetent. You're going to just delete every email we send. And that's fine. But here's the thing, mate. The light bulb, it's not just the light bulb. It's a representation of how they will handle it when Mm. something actually goes wrong. Mm. It's like, you know, like, mate, the door's been broken down and the place is on fire. They're all going in the light bulb folder. Okay. There's no one's picking up these phones. It's fucking garbage, dude. Bro, they came for a rental inspection their their key didn't work. So, oh, yeah. So they were like, oh, the key that I have doesn't work. And I was like, oh, okay, I can leave a key out for you. Great solution. They used it. They inspected it. They were a little mean, but look, the bathroom was a little grubby. Fair is fair. Yep. And then they were like, all right, I don't have a key still. So can you go to Bunnings Whoa. and make a copy of your key and put it outside your apartment? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I didn't realize that I also had a real estate agent job. Yeah. I didn't realize I had three fucking jobs. Yeah. Also the idea, the thing with these real estate agents is how, how busy are they? That's what I'm saying. They think we don't know that they're not busy. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't care how much fucking petroleum oil you put in your hair there, champion. Um, I, I, I know what your job entails and that's not much. It's almost like. It's like it's like they want to go in on this thing where it's like they're like so high and mighty, but also it's like legitimate. Uh, I'm just trying to find a word you can say in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to go back in time to 2013 yeah, for this one. Might do a fucking time warp on this one. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine you said. You, imagine you said like uh, you said like I don't know like the R word on telly or something. You're like, oh, it was 2010 in the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I thought we were all kind of in, sitting in 2011 that day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you were there. It f- felt like the 90s, dude. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, I don't like the real estate. We're moving on. But uh, I don't know. What else has been going on? Um, 
Oh, I so say more things to get rid of the apartment. I there was this big cupboard that Chris had inherited from my previous roommate Marcus. Yep, big shitty MDF, but like so big cupboard, IKEA shit. And he was, I was like, all right, this. And I fucking, I got home. He'd moved out a week earlier, and that was still there. And the pallets that made up his underneath his bed were there. And I was like, all right, sick. This is a pallet bed. That's a real insight into the pad. Sick. I was like, all right, that's cool. He didn't take the, he didn't really move out. He just left. Yep. Um, I've seen it done before. I've seen it done before. Took the black tea. Whoa. I was not keeping track of who bought the last black tea, but apparently it wasn't me. (laughs) That That's... uh, uh that, anyway, that's unforgivable. He came back, mate. If 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 it's available at a fucking driver reviver halfway to Coffs Harbour for free, it's free. It's communal. <laughs> the black tea stays where in its station. What if someone needs to come by and revive? Exactly. I, I he knows I like a tea before I head out into the evening. Perfect, bro. Also, side note, so funny because I'm always leaving the house to do comedy in the city, and now he's moved to the city. He calls me he's like, mate. There's a whole hell of a lot less comedy happening in the city than I thought there was. <laughs> like, that's just his idea of the city now, of a oh, place like, Rowan goes to do stand-up. He's oh, like, I haven't yeah. seen any stand-up shows around at all. I'm like, yeah. It's, they're around, dude. They're, they're around. They're under fucking staircases and shit, brother. Um, but he came back with his best mate to um move, move the last few things. And he took one of our... I was like, you can take this couch. And then these two fools are... He's putting the couch on the roof and one of them's wigging out about the tunnel and how tall this couch is on his roof. Okay. While Chris is just going, I don't know, man, those tunnels seem pretty tall. (laughs) You can definitely Google the height of the tunnel. (laughs) Definitely Google. They're doing a vibe check on the tunnel. (laughs) Clicking his fingers, looking at joint me like, I don't know, these tunnels seem pretty tall to me. (laughs) These tunnels are all right, mate. You've got to give these tunnels a chance. (laughs) And he... And then his master plan was to scatter the MDF um, cupboard and the pallets around the neighborhood, but he wanted to wait till it was dark. Mate, you guys are fucking little hood rats. <laughs> the things poverty draws you to. Oh, my God. But also, don't talk about poverty like I'm fucking, oh, I, I would never. I'm also poor. I've never done any of these things. Yeah, well, you're not subscribed to Channel 10, brother. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it kills you. You, t- you. The 10 play money would have gone to your tip fee. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Or the 2KO subscriptions I didn't know I had. You had two KO subscriptions. I was shocked that I had one and I hadn't been using it. And then I found out I had two on two uh, separate emails. That's a shame. $50 a month. Dude, you, dude again, yeah, it, it, it's, the, the money is coming out of your account, but it's not particularly unfair. It's not getting fucking drawn out through some Russian subsidy secretly. Bro, Just open I'm, your ComBank app. I'm too dumb for the internet, mate. It's not, uh, you know. I, you know what it is? You just don't want to face the music. Absolutely. Obviously, I don't want to play some music. Are you fucking serious? I'll do what you do, but like Friday to Monday. But then mm. Monday, mate, I'm in there. I'm fucking... Bup, bup, bup. What do we got here? Nothing. There's nothing left. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. So, then I got the treat of being like, I'm not helping you do any of this. Oh, I've, yeah. I've done my time. Garbos are coming tomorrow. And he was like, can they take my stuff? And I was like, no. To be honest, wow. that was petty of me. It Very was about petty. the black tea. 
It was but about I, the black tea. But it's also like, you can't trust Garbo's. Like, this shit's still there. The truck broke down and then Goran got annoyed and then they claim they're going to get it. So, there's $50 in my letterbox from when the couch is picked up. But I have, there is just a couch in front of my apartment right now. Okay. But then- And 50 bucks in the letterbox. No one knows the address. We might. Well, I do. We might have to cut this spot short. <laughs> Rowan Arneal, thank you for coming on Get Around Me. And then I got the treat of watching from the window as Chris in daylight ran across the street with pieces of MDF and then threw them behind a green bin. Also, Chris, for context, Chris is a, uh, a white guy with beautiful blonde dreadies. Mm. He looks like someone that we would spraying MDF around the fucking neighborhood. Mm, yeah, accidental dreadies. We thought it would be funny to braid his hair like Snoop Dogg one time, and then it just kind of all dreaded up. So that's what- oh well, he's rocking it well. <sighs> I think he's leaned in quite yeah, nicely. Oh yeah, he has leaned in for sure. Anyway, anyway, what's going on in your fucking shit life? <laughs> Whoa, dude! I got a great life. I've been all over the bloody map. I'm trying to think of some bloody yarns from the road. Newcastle caught up with Joe Anta, our friend, yeah. professional poker player Joe Anta. He's doing extremely well. It's very weird. We got this group. The, we went on this Young Guns comedy tour about seven years ago, six years ago. And of the group, it was Pat Doherty, Rowan O'Neill, Freddie McManus, George Pettifer, Joe Antar. Everyone has not really gone on to do much of anything in comedy. <laughs> okay. We're hardly the, uh, you know, the, the class of 05 or whatever. Joe Antar, left field, became a professional poker player. The guy's yeah. minted. He's absolutely killing it. Pretty Ve- sick. It's very, very cool. Yeah. Dude, he was telling me he plays eight games at once on the on the computer. It is crazy, though, that sometimes he just wakes up and walks across to his living room and then loses 17 grand in his computer. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we'll be like, I might get a coffee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like doesn't even... He said he lost 17 grand, woke up the next day and was like, oh, back to work. Lost it 20 grand. <laughs> it's like, all right, bro. <laughs> No, he's killer. He's killer. Also, he hates me talking about him on this podcast. Um, anyway, mate, to be honest, um, thanks for coming in last minute and saving the day. I don't really have anything else to, to say. Neither do I. It's yeah, perfect. Um, bup, bup, bup. All right, cool. All right, ladies. Thank you. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too long.